You're listening to the God of another edition of the Gotham Podcast. Uh, your guests, Fred Pineda and Vivek VCD Devaraj here with you. Your guests? <laughs> yes, we're guests in your house. <laughs> we're guests in your car. We're guests wherever, wherever you happen to be, we're at your service. All right, we're coming at you during what I like to call the lull period in sports. We got the Super Bowl ended a little while ago. We're still a little ways away from spring training and baseball. Uh, March Madness isn't for another month or a month or so. Uh, so unless you're a diehard fan of the Cavs, Celtics, or Lakers, or for some godforsaken reason you really like to follow hockey, this is really the, the, the dull area in, in the world of sports. And so this podcast, we're just going to come at you with some ridiculous stuff from all over the world of TV and just random stuff nothing too serious so hope you enjoyed this this episode we got for you so we're not gonna dissect the the pro bowl because I, I had everything written down ever play by play uh we can you know what we can dissect we can dissect Darrell Rivas's spectacular one-handed interception on a pass intended for <laughs> another thing we can dissect is the fact that they never let Rivas guard Fitzgerald and the one play that Rivas guarded Fitzgerald it was a straight go route and Rivas matched him step for step so that's my dissection of the Pro Bowl. It's kind of narrow-minded, if you may notice, but that's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I got the first topic we wanted to throw out there was just uh, this new show, which I loved. Uh, Fred recommended uh, Friday Night Lights. It's it's pretty much the equivalent of crack cocaine on your television. Not really uh, new, but you just discovered it. Yeah, it's not new, but. I mean, once once you start watching, you can't put that down. It's, it is, I, and it's not the kind of show I anticipated being addictive because I've been addicted to a lot of shows, and this is not what I was expecting at all. It is, it is a phenomenal show. It's pretty good, yeah. I'm surprised there's not more of a following, but yeah, it, the, I mean, they're trying to, they're, they they kind of kill themselves by like literally airing on Friday nights. Yeah, and that is. That is just a death trap for a television show, you know? Especially considering their target audience is people that like sports, people that generally will be going out Friday exactly. nights. Because I feel like they would they cater to more of a younger crowd, too. So Yeah. And I obviously, like, you know, they want to stick with the theme of being on the Friday night. But first of all, the show happens over the course of the week. It's not like everything is on Fridays itself, right? Right. And And second of all, you got to understand that the people that are going to watch this show are the same kind of people that are going to be doing stuff on Friday night. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they fix this for the future and maybe they can get a better audience. I don't know. The, 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 ratings. The, the problem is that there's talk that this might be the final season, the third one that's airing right now. So, Okay. I think on IMDb I saw a, a tab for the fourth season, but who knows, really. Yeah, cause they, uh, yeah. yeah. They had problems uh, even getting picked up their contract again for the third season. They had to go with uh, DirecTV for a little while, and now yeah. they're back on NBC. So I just hope someone, right. someone uses their brain over an NBC and realizes it's a good show. Exactly. Too many, too many good shows have been killed over the last couple of years. Yep. All right. A couple of random comments I just wanted to make. Hopefully Fred doesn't ruin season two or three for me because I haven't gotten there yet. But uh, one thing I found... Is uh, I've kind of found myself talking in a Texas accent, like to myself, 
or if I'm on the phone with my mom right after I watch an episode. I don't, maybe maybe that doesn't happen to you, but for some reason, like I just get into that southern drawl. I, I don't know. I got into sort of the, the Matt Saracen way of talking, where it's sort it's of just... it's sort of whining, but yeah. not really. It's hilarious. It's it's really but... fun to do too. Yeah, y'all want to go throw the football around? Like I don't know. It's just it's really fun to talk like that. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, all right. Let's see another. Hopefully, we don't ruin any plots stuff for you but i've found that every win they have except for one it's like a ridiculous come from behind win that's what they i wanted to say yeah, yeah they're, they're <laughs> they always they can't, they can't have a normal game where they're up 24 17 and they need the ball in the last two minutes <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're always coming from behind how good is this team <laughs> <laughs> this team is ridiculous and then i'm like uh they're the worst first half team in the history of, of <laughs> high school football and some sort of amazing second half team is just insane. Yeah, they always cut to, to the final 10 seconds, 16 seconds, and they're down by four, down by six, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, one thing I will give them credit for, and I remember uh, hearing Peter Berg, the creator, commenting on this, is that they try to limit the actual in-game footage because, you know, no one really wants to watch football all the time, and they do a really good job of really capturing what goes on. Uh, off the football field and all the drama around it because yeah so i will give them some props for all that stuff however i find like the the bye week episodes sometimes are, are less interesting than the game week episodes that's true it's all about what's going on with their opponents and so oh uh how many of the plays do you think are by the actual players themselves and how many are just random players playing because remember peter berg saying that some of them are just live footage from actual high school games well right? that, that's what they did for the for the movie i, I don't think for the show they they use uh, actual games yeah cause obviously you know when you know when saracen's playing because you can like kind of see his whole body yeah. and but the thing is i think a lot of uh reagan's hits the the first of all no fullback in the history of the world has had the spotlight more on him than this high school <laughs> football's fullback like most people most people don't even know the names of their fullback on their favorite NFL football team. Yeah. <laughs> but somehow the fullback for this high school team is like the star of the of the whole show. It's it's kind of funny. Hey, he's a legend in town. <laughs> he's a legend in town. Yeah, his his way of life, everything. <laughs> anyway, I feel like a lot of the hits that he, that he makes is probably someone else cuz oh, yeah, those, yeah. those are some brutal hits that he brings in. Yeah, he he likes some vicious hits sometimes. Yeah. All right, speaking of the fullback, uh I think some of these 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds have way too e an easy access to alcohol because somehow, okay, I understand a lot of people drank during high school. I did too. I'm sure you did, even before high school. But somehow, by the age of 17, Riggins has not only developed alcoholism, but he's actually had alcoholism for quite a while. I think I think that part of it is a little far-fetched, a little bit, just a little. I don't know. What do you think? I, I think they... I forget what season it is, but they show him buying alcohol at one point, and he does have a fake, so, so that's how he's... But it's not like... But the thing is, everybody in town knows who he is. He's the fullback yeah. in the high school team, so... Yeah. So and I guess part of it is, like, he lives with his older brothers, so maybe his older brother is an easy access to alcohol and all that. But I feel like sometimes they make it seem like they're college football players, just in the problems that they have to face. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's just all part of TV drama, and not, you know, I'm not going to criticize it. I, I like it. Yeah. Another funny thing, though, is uh, every time I see Saracen next to all the other players, you realize how short he is. 
Yeah. I, I think like, this yeah. happened in, in the pilot or one of the first episodes where his first pass gets bounces off the helmet of yeah. one of his other linemen. I think that would happen at least three times a game. Easily. I think I think uh, they've kind of limited their close up shots of him standing behind offensive linemen. Yeah. Because if it did, he would look like a midget compared to them. But but every every once in a while they show it and it's just ridiculous to think that this guy yeah. is, is their new star quarterback or whatever. Dude, uh, yeah, and and you may not remember, but in season one he gets pulled after the first half and they put in the backup quarterback. And the backup quarterback is like a lot taller than him. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, I would feel like the backup would be a much better option realistically. Not to mention when they bring Voodoo in uh, did you get yeah. to that part yet? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I finished the whole first season. Okay, okay, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's <laughs> like, he's like a, a foot or two taller than Saracen. Voodoo's gonna be like a starting uh, quarterback for for a college team, like no doubt about it. And Saracen was like the backup quarterback. Who I'm probably taller than Saracen. It's it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, the last point I wanted to make was something. I don't, I don't think maybe it's on purpose, but they're really vague about what year the different people are in. Like, who's the sophomore? Who's a junior? I feel like I feel like Julie, the coach's daughter, is probably like a freshman or a sophomore, and Tyra is either a junior or a senior. Yet somehow they're best friends. Like, like it ain't you know, like it's nothing. Like it's yeah. nothing. I, I think they actually say that Julie. At one point, they say she's a sophomore in the first season. I'm pretty sure Saracen's a sophomore in the first season. Yeah, and I think they are vague about the others because then they can potentially bring them back. <laughs> yeah. For, for, for although, the... yeah, although they did talk about going to college and stuff, so I have a feeling. Maybe you, you don't have to comment on this if it's going to ruin stuff, but I have a feeling that Garrity, Garrity's a senior, um, and Street Street was a senior because they were talking about how he'd get his GED. So right. I think there's there's some clue as to what, who the people are. I think I think Smash is a junior because they're talking about how he's got one more year to prove himself. So, yeah, I mean, they tell you, but you really have to dig deep to really figure out what's going on there. And and you'll start to see some discrepancies in season two and three with people coming back. I'm not going to tell right. you who, but there, there is some people coming back that's pretty funny. All right. Uh, all I can say about this segment is I hope NBC gives us a little bit of money on top of the Pringles money because if you don't want to watch Friday Night Lights after this little little endorsement we gave then you're never gonna watch it so uh all i can say is check it out it's a hell of a show yeah it's really worth watching and uh, i think all the episodes are on nbc.com so uh, what about hulu well it's a, is it probably probably hulu's got everything yeah so i think isn't there some sort of a arrangement between hulu and nbc.com i don't know i feel like hulu's got some good uh relationships with all the networks yeah, but there's, there's no other way you can be that successful, have Super Bowl commercials if you don't have a lot of uh, arrangements ahead of time. Right, but I think there's some something going on between Hulu and NBC, but Probably. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll, I will, I'll look into it. All right. Oh yeah, it, 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 Hulu is a joint venture of NBC and News Corp. Okay, so they got the inside track there. Right. So, okay. All right. The moving on next segment, little pit stop. Uh, the world of steroids. We can't. We can't have a podcast so at least without at least addressing it a little bit. Uh, as you may know, as you should know by now, Alex Rodriguez admitted to taking steroids from 2001 to 2003. Um, he, the thing that really upsets me as a pretty big baseball fan is he had kind of been the, the cure-all. Uh, Barry Bonds was going to have all the home run records, but then A Rod was. Everyone knew A Rod. 
it's on pace to break all of Barry Bonds' records. And so in the end, I think baseball fans were content with the fact that a clean player was in the end going to have all the records. Yeah, I think it was that player that was necessary to... Because the, the image of baseball in the last few years has been tarnished so much with steroids. And yeah. now you're pretty much suspicious of anyone that's doing well in the game. And, you know, A-Rod was sort of kind of the, the antithesis to all these other players. I think, I, think, I think A-Rod gave hope to the fan that was disgruntled by steroids. Everyone was like, you know what, let, you know, let these guys do what they're doing. At least in the end, we know the best player is clean and... And he's kind of he's kind of killed that. Yeah, I will give him I'll give him some credit. Unlike Clemens and Bonds, who who currently look like absolute assholes in the way that they've lied over and over again, and they and they just come across as being mean spirited people who only care about themselves. I think Alex Rodriguez, at least he's come he's admitted it, albeit he admitted it after the you know the names were released. It's not like he was going to admit it from the get go, but at least he's admitted it, and. He looks – it's a lot more compassionate uh, the way that he's treated the situation versus how Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds have treated the situation. Yeah, I, I think he did the right thing coming out and just admitting it. Exactly. Um, I mean, we have – Barry Bonds was under investigation for lying to the grand jury about it. Yeah. At least A-Rod, he, he knew he was caught. He just came out and you know flat out yeah. said what happened. And I can only hope that he's been clean since 2003 because he truly is a great player and – He's the kind of player who who didn't need to do it to begin with. Uh, he's he's too good for that stuff. And uh, and obviously, I think people in the back of their heads are going to say anything that happened between 1995 and 2005 kind of have to write it off. And you can't do anything about it. But hopefully now uh, steroid testing will will be very stringent and we've got a clean game going forward because that's all you can hope for as a fan. The, the sad part is that in the back of my mind, I wasn't surprised that much. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's sad that it's gotten to that point where a news news like that comes out and, and you kind of just expected it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. It's just just to, to actually know that, just that really sucks. Yeah. The other thing is there's still a lot of things that just can't be tested for yet, like HGH. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 can only, I can only hope that, that players aren't doing it, but until... There's some sort of blood test that that's easily, uh, easily done, and I don't know. There'll still still be a lingering doubt in a lot of people's heads, but I think I think fans have have kind of accepted it. Yeah, I, I, that's I, you know it's part of the game. What I want to say, and I haven't actually looked into this, is I find it kind of weird that there's no test for HEH, given all the problems with it. Because there's yeah. some amazing things that we can do right now in medicine, look at mm-hmm. you know different metabolisms and whatnot, and I, I find it hard to believe that nobody's looked into a HGH, and there must be a way of testing for it. What I'm assuming is there's a lot of union stuff where they're they're allowing urine tests, but they're not allowing blood tests. That that's one thing I'm assuming. Yeah, that, and, that's probably a big thing. Yeah, so via urine you can't do it, but maybe through blood you can. But it's a big step to start. Taking blood from people—that's that, only a, a guess on my part. I don't know for a fact. Yeah, I, I just found it kind of weird. Just all right that there's no test. Okay, I, I feel like we should move on from steroids to a more hilarious topic. What do you think? All right, we can do that. All right, uh, I've, I've been looking forward to this for a while. One thing I've noticed over the years, growing up, a stark contrast from from maybe the early '90s to today, is that players. Names, famous people, 
NFL people, NBA people. These these player names are getting ridiculous. They're getting out of hand. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's a yeah there's a lot of that going around. Like whatever happened to the to the days of like Joseph Thomas? All right, Fred. So are there any ridiculous names that come come to the top of your head when you think of uh, just silly names? I mean, the, the first one that comes to to my mind, and probably because of his history with the Steelers, uh, Plaxico Burris. I mean, from the first time that I heard his name, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, what, what was Plaxico? What, what, ridiculous what were his parents thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I well, really have no idea there. I assume part of it is that they wanted a unique name, and, you know, they sure they sure nailed the head um, with that <laughs> Oh, one. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I got a, a, a couple of good ones. The safety for the Packers, his name is Atari Big B. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to love that one. It reminds me of the video games and all that jazz. Uh Okay, here's a name I love. It's not really that, it's a little weird, but it's just a sweet name. Uh, Takeo Spikes. He's a <laughs> linebacker. Yeah. Formerly of Bills. Oh, man. Like, I would love for my last name. Like, this is more last name, but I would love for my last name to be Spikes. I feel like if your last name is Spikes, you have to be a linebacker. Takeo Spikes. Like, what do you. No, I'm, I'm not running into you. I'm just going to fall down. Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What else have we got? All right, now moving out of uh, football. Let's get on the, another football one. I'm trying to think, but there's just there's so many. Alright, alright, these are more from years past. Uh, a pitcher for the Yankees during the 20s, his name was Urban Shocker. Okay. Uh, a, a basketball player for Philadelphia way back when, his name was Chubby Cox. <laughs> uh, what, one year, of the best, what year was that? Uh, I have no idea. It was just a black and white picture. Okay. <laughs> Of a basketball player, and the caption was Chubby Cox. <laughs> uh, one of the best auto racers of all time, his name was Dick Trickle. Okay. Uh, one of the, uh, an Asian pitcher for the Braves, his name was Jung Bong. You gotta, you gotta love a last name with Bong. Yeah. It's just uh, too funny. Uh, oh, here's another football one, and maybe not so funny, a little scary, but also a little funny. Uh, Dick Butkus. Oh right, yeah. Yep. Butkus is uh That's a good one. One of one, one, one of a kind last name there. <laughs> um and then there's some like there's some abbreviations for names that are just really funny. Like for basketball we got a guy named O. J. Mayo. Uh I don't I don't know if he was named with the, under the assumption that he's gonna be called O. J., but in the end when you're named after a drink and a condiment. <laughs> so it's a little funny. And one name I love is one of the defensive linemen for the Packers, his name is Kabir Jabiamila. I don't know if I, I actually don't know how to pronounce his name, but his nickname is KGB, and that's right. just badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is just absolutely badass. Uh, yeah, any other names? I mean, now going with uh, nicknames, we got Marines Just Drew with uh, Mojo. Mojo, yeah, no, Mojo that's, Drew. That's, that's a great one. Yep. Um, Definitely. Cadillac Williams. Oh my god, I absolutely love the nickname Cadillac. <laughs> Too bad he's always hurt, but like if he was if he was healthy more often, I would love highlights or the Bucks rode the Cadillac to victory. I mean how that's just it just writes itself. It writes itself. It's phenomenal. Uh, I actually have a few here. The names are not too ridiculous, just a little bit ridiculous. But what I found is that these names really describe the position that they play. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. One of them is Reggie Corner. 
He's a defensive back for the Buffalo Bills. Pretty obvious there. Yeah. All right. On the Chargers, we've got Quentin Jammer, uh, cornerback as well. He likes to likes to jam him at the line, if you will. Jets offensive lineman DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Come on, DeBrick. <laughs> De, DeBrick Wall. Uh, that's, that's just – it's too apropos for an offensive lineman. And the last one I've got, A.J. Hawk, linebacker for the – for the Packers, he's a he's definitely a ball hawk. It's always it's always cool when uh, the names the names really describe what the player does. It's yeah. that pretty cool. Uh, that's all we got in the the world of ridiculous names. And the, the funny thing is that you think of all these ridiculous names and and you think, well, all right, at least they're famous. They got a lot of money. They're good athletes. But what what if they failed in life? You, there, <laughs> yeah. How many other people are there out there that have just these ridiculous names or just clerks at a 7-Eleven or something exactly. like that? Flaxco. If Flaxco wasn't the best wide receiver in the National Football League, like what, what would he be doing with his life? Like, <laughs> is, he really, is he realistically going to get a job filling out job applications as Plaxico Burst? Like, I don't know. Well, this is your doctor, Dr. Plaxico Burst. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting out of there. <laughs> ASAP. 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 Uh, all right. Anything else with the names? Um, no. All right. I just got one little tidbit before we go wrap this thing up with the Gotham. Uh, I'm really excited for the horse competition in in this week in uh, the All Star Breaks game. I, th- I know we talked, we mentioned it before uh, when Ace is on. But one thing I'm a little shocked by is that they're actually going to use the letters H O R S E and not something like P E. P-S-I, or... G-E-I-C-O. Or anything like that. It, I, I'm just, I'm shocked, because there's money to be made. I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's just the first year they don't want fans to get too pissed off by the sponsorships already, but uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little surprised. Tickle, tickle me a little surprised. It'll probably be something like horse presented by Geico, yeah. the Allstate yeah. horse gamer. But you know, know in, like, in three years, if, if people are actually watching this event, they're definitely going to change the name of it. You oh, know yeah. it. It's like all the bowls now. Yeah. You know, the the, the care Car Care Bowl or whatever. The PapaJohns.com Bowl. Not the Papa John's Bowl. <laughs> PapaJohns.com Bowl. And that, that's something that I wanted to say. One of my ideas was that if, you, if you're going to sponsor a bowl... It has to make sense, or, or it has to sound cool. Sort of, sort of like the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. I like that one. It has yeah, a good ring to it. That's phenomenal. That's but, phenomenal. Even the, even the FedEx Orange Bowl. At least they've got the FedEx. They're both orange. It's the Orange Bowl. Like, yeah, that's not bad. Um, what else do we got? Allstate Sugar Bowl could be better. There, there's a lot of sugar companies that could. <laughs> yeah. That could come where's, in where's Domino's on this one? Yeah, Domino Sugar Bowl. Yeah, Domino Sugar Bowl. I'm down. I'll have some Domino Sugar <laughs> now. So I think NCAA should really come come in and and put a put a rule in place saying that, that these bowls must must make sense. They must pass the Fred Pineda test. Oh yeah, at, at least sound cool, you know. At least sound cool. I got you. I'm with you there. The, the Meineke Car Care Bowl really gets to me. <laughs> Not to yeah. mention it's a terrible game, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not even know where in the rankings you have to be to play that game, but. <laughs> All right, uh, this is gonna be a quick little. Podcast. We're gonna wrap this up with the uh, with the gun. Wrapping it up already. Yeah. Um, oh wait, there's one thing that I want to say that it's a, an idea I thought about a couple of weeks ago for the NFL. Right. Okay. It came to me one sleepless night. So, 
You know how, yeah, there's a lot of talk about expansion of the NFL and whatnot. Even some yeah. some talk about some sort of minor league system, sort of what they did with NFL Europe. Mm-hmm. So what I thought of was taking a little a page out of uh, international soccer, where you have your 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 minor league, your second division, whatever you want to call it. And at the end of the year, or uh, the period, sometimes some leagues it's two or three years, the worst player in the major league, in this case the NFL, I mean the worst team in the major league, in this case the NFL, would have to play the best play the best team in the minor league system for a spot in the NFL. So imagine this: we have a little, say, an eight eight team division two of the NFL, and all the cities that deserve expansion teams, sort of uh, uh-huh. like L.A., uh, just off the top of my head, is one of them. So you could put Las the, Vegas. Las Vegas. Um, let's see, what else could we think of? Probably something like Toronto or Montreal. Yeah, so since since we're talking about Canada. Yeah. Um, Mexico I, City, if they want. I feel like Austin, maybe, and in, in Texas yeah. would have a, a good following. So. You can get places that have good, you know, college football following or something that, that could really use a professional team. Mm-hmm. So get them in and then sort of arrange them in uh, two conferences or whatever you want. And then at the end of the year, the two, the worst team from each conference in the NFL, the week before the Super Bowl has to play the, the winner of the Division Two conference for a spot in next year's NFL. I'm trying I'll, to think. Go Let's go. Go ahead. No, you can go. You finish. Uh, I just think it would add, you know, a pretty exciting, <laughs> a, a, you know, another exciting game at the end of the season where where the city is fighting to to not <laughs> lose its team, and you know this team would would fall to Division Two and have to play the next year to get its position back. Obviously, there's problems with uh, how to keep the divisions in the NFL and draft and all that, but I just think it, it's a cool idea, and, and maybe you could use even arena arena football teams as a is ground for for the new expansion teams. It is it is a, a pretty funny idea, but I think <laughs> the the and I, I agree with the premise of it that you want the best people on. But I think where it fundamentally fails is that the Detroit Lions, <laughs> as bad as they are, they still have a lot of dra- draft picks. They have the best college players on their team, whereas whatever subconference of eight teams. Those those teams are only gonna have players that are cut by NFL teams, right? They're only gonna have CFL and AFL caliber players. Well, that, so that's, they're kind of, they're kind of fundamentally flawed from the start, right? Yeah, that's where that's where you had you'd have to bring in some sort of draft, uh, like maybe even bring them into the NFL draft as uh, put them in the middle of the second round or something, give them a couple of college players, but. Yeah, oh, I, I, know, I know there's you, a lot of you, there's a lot of problems. You'd be, but I, you'd be stirring a lot of controversy with this idea. I, I would just love the, the, these games, sort of the loser bowl before the Super Bowl. Okay, and, I think <laughs> okay. Here's here's a, a slightly more feasible. Not, I'm not saying it's more likely to happen, but a more feasible idea yeah. would be having the worst team in the NFL just play a quarter against the winner. Of the BCS championship. Oh yeah, that, that would always be fun. Because I know I know the NFL team would would dominate, but if it's a quarter's worth of football, hey, you never know what's going to happen. Especially with a team as bad as Detroit and a team like Florida, where essentially every other player on the team is going to be an NFL player. That would be fun to watch for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just thought that, that would be a a fun little idea. 
And just just imagine the excitement of a game, you know, Los Angeles versus Detroit to see who's who's going to be in in the NFL next year. That would be pretty interesting. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think everything is really too lock and step. It's too there's too much order in terms of the players union and and that, I mean, it's it's part of the reason why the salary cap is so effective. If, if it was something like baseball, I think it would be more feasible, just because the way everything is set up. But everything is is too hard, hard and fast with with the draft and the, and the salary cap. Yeah, I'm not saying so, it, it will ever happen. I'm just so, saying think think about the possibilities. It's yeah. it. People in L. A. can can dream about it. Yeah, L. A. Las Vegas can dream about it. Yep. And everybody that's sick and tired of watching Detroit just. Throw their, <laughs> throw their seasons away, you know, year yeah. after year, even though they have the best draft picks. But. <laughs> For their sake, I hope they win the NFC North. But uh, one final note before we get to the Gotham, actually, just wanted to mention tomorrow. Well, tomorrow Wednesday. I don't know whenever this will get out because I'm pretty busy. But uh, <laughs> Wednesday night we got USA versus Mexico um, first. First game of the next round of the World Cup qualifiers. So, where's the game being played? Uh, I think it's in Columbus. So, I believe the U.S. has not lost to Mexico the last eight times they've played on U.S. soil. Uh, at least, if not okay. more. Yeah, the, thing, the, the yeah. thing is that it's really now a critical moment for Mexico uh, soccer because they've been terrible this year. Almost so. got almost, Jamaica. Almost took their spot when this game that they're playing right now. So that's yeah, how bad so it is. that's how bad it is. And uh, they have a new coach down there who's, you know, he has a good reputation, but he's not doing much. So I'm just going to say, if something doesn't change in the Mexican soccer team, we might see a World Cup without Mexico for the first time in a long time. Wow. Nothing like a little international flair to the podcast brought to you by Fred. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's always fun to watch uh, U.S.-Mexico. Always good game. So all right. just trying to get the soccer awareness up out there. I'm looking forward to it. So tomorrow night, I think ESPN two. So sweet. All right. Well, time for the Gotham of the week, and uh, you know, this week we had a lot with A Rod steroids and and all the talk about Michael Phelps and drugs and whatnot. But here at the Gotham podcast, we're more about covering the the deep down stories, the ones that you don't hear about and that really really embarrass some some sports figures out there. So. This week, I don't know if you remember Jamal Anderson, running, oh, back, running back for the Falcons. He's um, the promoter of the Dirty Bird, retired, Dirty Bird Dance. Retired, what was it, six, seven years ago? Mm-hmm. So this happened Saturday night in, where was this? Uh, doesn't say where, but former, <laughs> former Atlanta Falcons running back Jamal Anderson was arrested late Saturday night on a felony possession of cocaine charge and possession of marijuana. The officer went into the restroom, heard the same sniffing, and peered <laughs> over the stall door. He saw Jamal, Anders- Jamal Anderson sniffing two lines of powder cocaine off the back of the toilet. Oh, so, is that the only? Um, that's that's a sign of desperation. I feel. Just whenever they 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 catch you doing lines of cocaine off the toilet, I think you got to say, "Got him." Got him. That's worse than getting caught with your pants down or something, because. Oh man, that's you're on a toilet with lines of cocaine. The... <laughs> Cop hears you sniffing <laughs> and then arrests you. Ooh, doesn't get much worse than that. So that 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 is this week's got him. Nice, well done, well done, Fred. All right, on behalf of Fred and your and yours truly, I'd like to thank you for joining us. 
on this little wacky edition of the Gotham Podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll have something more serious, maybe a little more truly sports-related next week uh, here on the Gotham Podcast. So until then, take care. Thank you for downloading the Gotham Podcast.